0: If your spouse were abducted, you'd expect to get help from the police. You'd hope they'd spring into action and do all they could to find your missing spouse. But when Susanna Ko's husband went missing in Malaysia and she visited the police, it felt more like an interrogation, like they were accusing her of wrongdoing.
1: Yes, it was uh, really very traumatizing for me being in a, a room with bright lights and an officer was uh, questioning me and it was strange that he wasn't asking the, the normal questions you would ask family of the victim. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we have a special privilege this week. Uh, We are not in our studio in Oklahoma. We're on the road, and we're with Susanna Coe. She is the wife of Pastor Raymond Co, who was abducted in Malaysia a little over two years ago and has not been heard from since. We're going to talk about his story and his case. We're going to encourage you to pray for Pastor Raymond and for Susanna and for their family uh, and, and give you a little bit of update on what God has done even in the midst of this challenging situation. Susanna, welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio.
1: Yes. It's nice to be with y'all today.
0: You even said y'all like an Oklahoman, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the abduction happened a little over two years ago. Uh, your husband was driving in his car, three SUVs forced him to the side of the road. He was put into one of the SUVs. His car was taken, his car has never been seen since, and he's never been seen since. Are there any updates? Is there anything you know today that you didn't know when it happened and can tell us kind of what has gone on over the last two years?
1: Yes, um, there have been a, a number of revelations. I can say that God was there, even though this is a tragedy in a way. Firstly, there was an eyewitness right smack in the middle of that scene. He thought it was a, a movie production. Unfortunately, he couldn't like, identify anyone or the, even the car numbers. And um, secondly, my children went door to door and found CCTV footages of the entire incident. And that video has gone viral. And it just showed that it was a very military-style operation and well-organized, and it was done in about 40 seconds. And so we suspected this could be a case of enforced disappearance. And uh, suddenly, uh, last year, end of last year, one of the officers, he confessed that uh, this operation, the adoption, was done by the police and he actually named some people and he also talked about the top cop having knowledge of this adoption. And also we have escalated this incident to the the Human Rights Commission of Malaysia and and they have had an a public inquiry into the disappearances, not only of Pastor Raymond but another three persons and so that there have been some answers to our questions and uh, we are very grateful for it.
0: I know one of the things that happened last Mm -hmm. year is a new government took power in Malaysia after 61 years of the previous party being in rule a new party takes control. Mm -hmm. Has that affected your access to information or any, has the new government been more responsive to your family than the old government? Did that change anything for you?
1: Of course, we were uh, very glad uh, for the, the new government coming in and we had high hopes that cases will be resolved very quickly. However, we uh, have um, not been able to get access to the Prime Minister or the Home Minister uh, and we we actually have forwarded to them documents and uh, also open letters to ask for a private meeting to to share our views our grievances but to date uh, we haven't heard from them but I think they have so much on their plate and I think they just needed time but yeah that's uh, where we, we really need prayer and also continue our sort of pressure in a way uh, to to get some answers and and we pray that they will have the political will uh, to do what is right for the country and for the people
0: we're talking today on voice of the martyrs radio with Susanna ko her husband pastor raymond ko was abducted a little more than two years ago in malaysia Susanna mentioned the CCTV security uh, camera footage of the abduction. We'll link you to that if you come visit us at vomradio.net. It was quite an amazing professional operation. As you mentioned, it took 40 seconds uh, for this whole thing to happen. So before your husband was abducted, had he been threatened? Did, Did he know there was a risk of this, or did this happen just completely out of the blue.
1: Okay, in 2011, uh, Raymond had held Thanksgiving dinner for our partners and uh, sponsors as well as our our stakeholders, uh, those whom we reach out to who are needy. And and, uh, we had set up a social organization called Harapan Community. So we just wanted to thank the sponsors and we were holding it in a church however that night for the first time in Malaysia a church was raided by the police and after that incident my husband and I received a death threat in in a form of uh, I had a white powder let's say anthrax uh, with a letter written in red my husband had two bullets life bullets in a box uh, with a threatening letter saying that they will kill us and they alleged that yeah we um, had proselytized yeah muslims
0: so let me just kind of catch up our listeners mm. if if you're not an ethnic melee in malaysia it's perfectly legal to be a christian and be part of a church and go That's but right. if you're an ethnic melee you have to be a Muslim. <laughs> sure. And so the, the government was saying, hey, you're having this celebration, and you've invited Muslims to come here. You're not supposed to do that.
1: Correct. Right.
0: So when those threats, and obviously when you talk about somebody sending a box with bullets in it, how did Pastor Raymond respond to that? How did he think about that or, or keep on working in spite of those kind of threats?
1: Yes, he continued, even though uh, there, some uh, fear and anxiety. But he felt that the Lord called him to fulfill the great commission, and and that means uh, to every tribe, nation, and tongue, and he does not discriminate. So we just. Carried on our our work, you know, with the poor, the needy, the marginalised, and with God's grace, we carried through. So it's like almost six years, five or six years. We did not have any more threat. So we thought everything was okay until 13 February 2017. It was a big shock to myself and my family and the Christian community as well as to the whole country.
0: And I understand, on the day of the abduction, you go to the police station to report, my husband didn't come home, he's missing. Instead of saying, okay, let's go look for him, the police interrogated you. What was that like? And also, what, what were they questioning you about?
1: Yes, it was uh, really very traumatizing for me, being in a, a room, with bright lights, and an officer was uh, questioning me, and it was strange that he wasn't asking the the normal questions you would ask, family of the victim, of adoption, but he was asking about what other activities that Pastor Raymond did. Specifically, towards the end, two major questions: one, whether he uh, did proselytize Muslims did he teach Christianity to Muslims.
0: Which has nothing whatsoever to do with where is he and who took him. It has to do with is he a bad person? Is he not following the law?
1: True. Um, He's not a criminal and he doesn't have a bad record. And so towards the end, about 3 a.m., I just uh, stood up and said, I'm not answering any more questions I have my rights and I'm going out there to look for my husband I think the important thing for you to do is to go out there and look for my husband
0: and it's interesting to me that the CCTV footage that is now very public and has been watched by a lot of people was not found by the police it was found by your family
1: true I think they were very shocked the police were shocked and we had tried to get CC footage from uh, the petrol kiosks, or gas stations, uh, and we were told that the police had already come, and they wouldn't give it to us.
0: But you found a, a private home that had a camera, and they did give it to you, and and that's the only footage that's public now. That that gas station footage that supposedly the police have, no one's ever <laughs> seen it. So it's a kind of an interesting one of the things that we talked about before we started recording was you noticed some changes in Raymond in the months before he was abducted. That's right. What What did you see that changed in him?
1: Yeah, he was a a little bit quiet, but more than that, I saw that he took his daily walk with God very seriously. He was going for prayer walks early in the morning uh, for for like three hours. And also he was memorizing chunks of the Bible passages, and he would tell me, "Oh, I've just finished memorizing 1 Corinthians 15, you know." And I was thinking, wow, he's really uh, a great example to follow. And he was very disciplined uh, about that.
0: He had kind of stepped that up, right? So mm-hmm. a year before that or two years before that, he obviously still read his Bible and he still prayed, but he seemed to be doing it more in the months right before. Did, did he say why, or, or did he explain that at all?
1: He didn't explicitly say or give any reason, but I observed that it could be for his ministry. He had a five-year plan to see people pray for every district of Malaysia. So he came up with a prayer guide that, divides the whole country to 52 districts so that you can pray for one whole year, 52 weeks a year. And he felt that this was uh, serious and it was a task that the Lord has given him. So he wanted to like, go into intensive prayer and, and uh, reading of the Word.
0: And he obviously was leading by example. I mean, he was putting it into practice himself. After he was abducted, did you think back on that change and, and kind of maybe wonder about it or maybe if wonder if God was getting him ready for this trial?
1: Yes, on hindsight, I I think God was like preparing him in a way. I thank God that he's quite fit. He doesn't need medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he also started like a little football league Thing with some teenagers, so <laughs> and, and he's
0: over sixty, right? So, so he's
1: playing soccer with
0: teenagers. Wow! And
1: keeping and uh, keeping fit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's and it's interesting. God was preparing him spiritually, obviously, but also, like you mentioned, physically. The fact mm-hmm. that he didn't have to have medication every day, mm-hmm. you know, amazing the way God was working this. Can you give us a little picture of what kind of person Pastor Raymond was? Just, just kind of, when you describe him to people, how do you describe him?
1: Uh, well, he uh, is uh, actually a very simple man. He said he can live on three pairs of trousers and three pairs of shirts, but he's not fussy about food, you know. Yeah, his lifestyle yeah, is, is basically very caring and giving towards people, he sacrifices uh, for others so his simple lifestyle actually uh, reflects on his generosity so that he can give to others because of his background he he was very poor in his childhood days and he know what it is like to to be poor and and, and needy and that's i guess the motivation that he has to help others
0: as we think about the last two-plus years since the day of that abduction. And again, he hasn't been seen since. His car disappeared. It hasn't been seen since. Nobody really knows what happened other than, obviously, the people who did the abduction. There's a lot of uncertainty. What, what's been the hardest part for you and for your family as you've gone through the last two years?
1: We miss him a lot. And the, the hardest part is not knowing where he is, what happened to him, and how he's doing right now. And uh, I've gone for some counseling, and that really helped. And right now, my children are going for counseling because the, the this has taken a toll on them. Mm-hmm physically as well as, I think, um, emotionally and psychologically. But we we thank God for the Christian community and also the worldwide church that has been an encouragement to us. And they they have uh, expressed their support through prayers and sending postcards to us. And I think that, that really lifts up our spirits and... And encourage us uh, in many ways. Yes.
0: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Susanna Coe. Her husband, Pastor Raymond Coe, was abducted in Malaysia a little more than two years ago. Susanna, you talk about how difficult it's been, and and we can hear it in your voice and in your heart. How has God helped you to keep going through all of that uncertainty and all of that difficulty? How has God been present with you over the last two years?
1: God has been very real and personal to us. I remember the first three weeks, I was very lost, even had panic attacks. But we decided to go for a silent retreat, and that really helped me to focus on God, fix my eyes on Jesus. And during that time, He, God spoke to me, through his word and one verse that I like very much and that's very close to my heart is Psalm 4610 be still and know that I am God and that I don't need to struggle and strive but I can just rest in the assurance that he's with me and he will never leave me or forsake me and that all things for good To those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And even though the circumstances are difficult, I can see that his grace is sufficient. And I've experienced that his grace is sufficient. And his strength is made perfect in weakness. Yeah, so I just go to God, (laughs) cry to God. (laughs)
0: I know as we talked before we started recording, you mentioned the scripture. You also mentioned Christian music, how that has helped you. Talk a little bit about how that has helped you through the last two years as well.
1: Yes. Um, I love uh, the Christian music. One of my favorite songs is King of My Heart. He, you know, he is the anchor in my sails, the fire in my veins, he is my song, and it's amazing that He gave me the strength to to sing, you know, even in the darkest, the darkest night.
0: One of the things that's happened in the last two years is this story has spread around the world. As you mentioned, Christians have sent cards and letters, and they've prayed for you and for your family. What has that meant to you to sort of see the body of Christ in action over the last two years since Raymond was abducted?
1: I think it's really beautiful how um, God has given us a family locally as well as internationally and how Jesus binds all of us in uh, one spirit and one heart and I think God is pleased with the unity that brothers and sisters dwell. The international community is a blessing to us because sometimes they are the voice to the voiceless because we are limited sometimes to how much we can do. I believe with international pressure and the government will take notice because... They would like to be seen as a moderate Muslim country that adheres to law and order and the rule of law. And I hope that they will just do what is right and we will get the justice and the truth will prevail.
0: You've also seen some benefits within the Malaysian church. Talk a little bit about how this situation has has created some blessings even in the midst of really what we would say is an awful situation you've seen some blessings among Malaysian Christians
1: yeah that's uh, really true I mean God God is good I can see that the case have brought unity to the different denominations uh, and this has never really happened before the Roman Catholic Church and uh, mainline denominations like the Methodists, Baptists, uh, Anglicans and uh, other evangelical denominations they have just come together in unity. Uh, they have come up with strong statement to the government to say that this is not acceptable and uh, persecution of faith workers is is not acceptable. And they have organized prayer vigils almost in every state in major cities throughout the two years. And they have had prayer meetings in their own church churches, as well as they have uh, been active in social media to keep this story alive and, and not let it be forgotten.
0: You, we talked about some of the ways that God used the scriptures to encourage you and to strengthen you. Mm-hmm. Are there, and you, and you mentioned Psalms, are, are there other passages that you read differently since February of 2017 than maybe you did five or ten years ago?
1: Yeah, one one of uh, the passages was the story of Ruth, the book of Ruth. So, Naomi and Ruth, they had no future. But God provided Boaz as the kinsman redeemer. And when I was reading the book, you know, I sensed as if God was saying to me, I am your kinsman redeemer. And he says that he holds tomorrow. He holds my tomorrow. Uh-huh. Yeah, even though I do not know my tomorrow, he holds the future and that was very uh, reassuring. And there are other passages like Romans 8, 28. For we know, yeah, God will all things, even the bad things, for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And there is the passage from Revelation 5, 9 and Revelation 7, 9. This is uh, Raymond's favorite verses. <laughs> In those passages, it talks about thousands and thousands of people before the throne they are dressed in white and they were worshipping God but smack in the middle of Revelation 5-9 and Revelation 7-9 is Revelation 6-9 and in Revelation 6-9 there is all these people dressed in white and they were the ones who have suffered and were martyred and if not for Revelation 6-9, there wouldn't be Revelation 5-9 and 7-9. And they were asking God, like, how long, how long before, you know, you will judge the nations? And and God had to tell them, be patient, you know, that it's like there's a quota. Uh-huh. And, and once that is met, you know, then He will come. In the coming days, we will see uh, more people being... Persecuted, and there will be suffering. There will be martyrs, but in the end, we will see people from all tribes, Mm -hmm. nation, and town worshiping God in heaven, and and that is the the hope that we have. You know that all this sacrifice it it, is for a reason, and I believe Raymond would count it worthy. To suffer for Christ
0: in a way he already had counted it because you mentioned he had the threats he had the bullets that people had mailed to him and yet he said no God has called us here we're we're gonna keep doing it right one of the things we like to do Susanna on Voice of the Martyrs radio is equip people to pray how do we pray knowledgeably for the country of Malaysia
1: Uh, We can pray for the Christian church that they will be strong in the midst of very subtle kind of persecution uh, and that they will speak out for truth and justice and also that um, they would love people into the kingdom. That's what Raymond would say. Go bless your enemies. Bless those who hate you or persecute you. Pray for them and bless them so love them into the kingdom and for the new government that they will have the political will to do what is right politics is very complicating <laughs> <laughs> but that the politicians will not use race and religion as the playing card to move the emotions of people so that they can win in the elections but that they will be people who are God-fearing and people of integrity, that they will not be greedy, but they will serve the community.
0: When you think about the men who are involved in this abduction, what are your thoughts towards them? Do you feel angry? Do you feel mad at them? When you think about them, how, what thoughts come to your mind?
1: I think from the beginning, I have decided to uh, forgive them because they know not what they do. And I follow the example of our Lord Jesus so that there is nothing dark in my heart because I want God to work through me. But it wasn't easy. And in these two years, when I came face to face uh, with some of these police who were being questioned at the Human Rights Commission public inquiry there were times when i i i feel like strangling them because <laughs> they were just lying they were just not cooperating and i remember one time i in my car i was just convicted of my bad attitude towards the police and and i had to repent with tears before the lord that you know i have to pray for the police the whole system is riddled with corruption, scandals, and evil. And, and I think I need to see the bigger picture. This is the bigger picture that I need to see that, you know, God is doing a cleansing in Malaysia, and he has to bring up all that is dark and evil so that the light can shine upon it. And we Christians, we are the salt and the light of the world. And, and we need to pray and need to see God's will be done in Malaysia. And, and so um, God yeah, really had to deal with me first to forgive them, pray for them because they need to know the Lord. If there's going to be transformation in Malaysia, there needs to be transformation in the lives of individuals.
0: I love the way you answer that question, because you you communicate that you forgive and that you need to love, but you also communicate that that's hard. That, that's not an easy thing uh, to try to do that. And so I, I appreciate so much uh, the way you describe that process. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Susanna Koh. Her husband, Pastor Raymond Koh, was abducted in Malaysia in February of 2017. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to do for your family or or involved in this situation that would maybe help push this towards getting the truth out and and finding out what happened to Pastor Raymond and where he is?
1: Of course, pray, pray, and pray (laughs) (laughs) for uh, Raymond's release as soon as possible. Secondly, yes, to to be the voice, yeah, and to speak out, writing protest cards to the Prime Minister and to the Home Minister in Malaysia, to write in the social media of Pasarima's case, even to go to Mike Pence or Trump administration, uh, to get them to to do something, and and here I want to to tell how happy I am that Pastor Andrew Bronson was released through the intervention of uh, the Trump administration, mm-hmm. and I hope something could be done for Pastor Raymond as well.
0: Amen. We we will pray uh, for your family and for Malaysia and for this situation and. And I would encourage our listeners, this is a really practical way that you can have a voice uh, and be involved in this situation. Susanna, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you for just your transparency and and willingness to share your story, both the, the goodness of God and the incredible difficulty of going through this. I've just been so honored to be able to sit here and talk with you today.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Susanna Ko, whose husband, Pastor Raymond Coe, was abducted in Malaysia more than two years ago. One of the things I hope you'll remember from our conversation is how much the cards and letters of encouragement have meant to Susanna and her family to know that the body of Christ around the world was praying for them and lifting them up. I want VOM Radio listeners to be a part of that. So we're going to put Susanna's mailing address up on our website— I asked her if I could do this and she said yes. VOMradio.net, we're going to put her address there so that you can send her a card or a note and let her know that you're praying for her and you're praying for the church in Malaysia. Again, come to VOMradio.net, find this episode, and we're going to have her mailing address in the notes for this episode. I hope we can get hundreds and maybe even thousands of cards into her mailbox to remind her that she's not alone, that there are brothers and sisters all over the world who are praying for her, praying for her children, and praying for Pastor Raymond. So come to vomradio.net and get her address, and then send her a note and let her know you're praying for her. You won't want to miss our time together next week. Dick Brogdon is the author of a book called Live Dead Joy, and he's going to talk about God's call to be dead to sin and alive in Christ and how that frees us to fearlessly take the gospel message anywhere in the world, no matter how dangerous it may seem. You won't want to miss that conversation next week, right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.